Black Friday. It's the biggest online shopping day of the year. And for the next few weeks, all we're talking about is maximizing your holiday traffic and increasing average order value. A great way to do that is to offer bundle deals. And the easiest way to do that is with the Bold Product Bundles app. The Bold Bundles app is my favorite app by far for creating bundle offers. During times like Black Friday, when customers are probably looking to purchase multiple items anyway, it's just a smart move to make it super easy for them to buy more. And since it's a Bold app, you know it's going to have all the bells and whistles. So they let you create three different types of bundles. First is the standard bundle, like buy a specific hat and scarf together, get 10% off. But there's also the mix and match bundle. This would be like buy any hat, add any scarf, and get 10% off. And when they add the items to the cart, it automatically looks for bundles and reduces the prices. I love this one because it lets customers choose their own bundle offer. And then third, it'll even do BOGO bundles. You can add Bold Bundles app to your store right now, free for 14 days by visiting boldcommerce.com or searching Bold Bundles in the Shopify app store. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily, and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com slash unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, recording from EtherCycle HQ in Skokie, Illinois. And joining me today is a gentleman who once sold way more money than you ever have. All right, I say that, but it's a safe bet because listen to this. In 2015, in 10 weeks, he sold nearly $40 million worth of hoverboards. Remember hoverboards? Right, 38 million in 10 weeks. Unreal. And that's not his only success. He has a, a whole list of similar successes under his belt so after talking to him on the phone uh several times i knew i had to get mr josh bear on the podcast because his experience in digital marketing is tremendous and interestingly he didn't start here he's not some like marketing wonder kid he is living proof that if you say man i want to do this i want to switch my i want to change my job you can because for over 10 years he was a cpa and now he finds himself in digital marketing with tremendous success. And not just with uh, flash-in-the-pan trend stuff like hoverboards, also with some, some really big brands like Jack Threads, which at one point had millions of people on their email list that he managed. So we're going to unpack that. We're going to hear what lessons learned. We're going to hear stories from the trenches. Josh, thank you for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Kurt. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. All right, let's... 
let's get an assessment of where you're at now. What do you do and for who? What, what's going on with Josh today? So currently working for a company called Amerix Group, which is a large company that sells uh, bathing suits, coats. So where I came here to help grow their e-com business. So, so far, I've been here for about nine months and we've already uh, hit an 8x from their uh, last year revenue to this year. And we're about nine months in. So Whoa. In, in broad strokes, what's like the number one thing that helped drive that, that uh, scale? Uh, the number one thing that we implemented was uh, the Clavio exit intent pop-ups based upon a- abandoned carts. I want to hear I want to hear the some of these great war stories, but clearly we got to start with that. People want we'll open with the the actionable advice. So uh, talk me through, and I tweeted this, and people loved it, like your high level version of this. Talk me through this this Clavio exit intent thing that you're doing. So we're using Privy as a exit intent pop-up and obviously as a regular pop-up on our site today. So as people are coming to our site and they're adding uh, items to their cart, as they're growing their cart size and they're not sure if they're ready to purchase, you know, a lot of people like to add things to cart and they're about to leave the website. Based upon the amount of value that they have in their cart, we're hitting them with an exit intent discount code um and once they give us their email address we're allowing that discount code to be um to be alive for what we tell the customer to be one hour so it gives them that great incentive to go purchase uh, as soon as possible then if they do not purchase where we are getting a lot of purchases um we're sending them an email two hours after they uh, have not purchased, saying that we have reactivated their uh, one-hour quote-unquote expired code. And then from there, uh, we sequence them over the course of three days, you know, just sending them, hey, reminders, your code is about to expire. We actually do let the code expire after three days. And then, believe it or not, the most surprising thing is on day four and five, when people's codes have actually expired, you're going to get a litany of people, if they haven't already purchased, that are crying that their code has expired. What can they do? Can we help them? And obviously, you're going to want to go out of your way to help these people, and we're uh, allowing them to buy. So I I fire an exit intent pop-up, and is it just like, hey, enter your email to get a coupon code, or we do like a micro commitment where we go, do you want to save on your order? Yes, no. What do you recommend? So we're putting uh, based upon cart size. So, for instance, on one of the sites I'm working on, if their order is over $300, you know, we have a little margin in some of our products. So we're offering a 25% discount. So we say, hey, do you want to save 25%? Who doesn't want to save 25% off an order over 300 bucks? So they're giving us their email. We fire. Uh, we give them the code right away. We fire an email that to them right away with their code, so they have it in both places, and. You know, we're getting great success on this. I like Privy a lot. There are, and I'm biased, I know, Ben, the founder. And for me, like, these personal relationships are uh, a big part of the app. Like, I have to know and trust the person behind it. And it fits the mantra of the show, which has always been people buy for people, not brands. And the same is true of apps and, and SaaS businesses. Um, within Privy, uh, are there any other clever things you're doing, stuff you like, stuff that you, you love about it that if someone's on Privy right now, you should be like, hey, go go implement this thing? Uh, that's definitely one of the things. Another uh, item that I'm doing is if they s- sign up for the welcome discount uh, for the first time, if they've viewed more than three or four pages, right? So we know that there is some intent. They're searching. You know, we're just firing that exit intent pop-up that, hey – 
don't forget that you do have this code. Uh, and, you know, we, we do our welcome series to expire after seven days. So, you know, we're just firing that code like, hey, you know, please make sure you use your coupon. It will expire on you. And we're seeing great success with that as well. Excellent. So, uh, and then in Clavio, if you had to pick one flow, the apocalypse happens or you got a Sophie's Choice your flows, however you want to phrase this. What's other than the, the browse abandonment? Give me your, your favorite flow. Or card abandonment, rather, sorry. Yeah, my favorite flow, and I'm going to go be even beyond the, the welcome series, because obviously, who doesn't love a great welcome series, is Clavio, I want to say, maybe seven, eight, nine months ago. I forget the exact time frame they launched this uh, repeat purchase nurture series. So people that have reap who have bought from you, Clavio uh, came out with this thing where they're having uh, predictive analytics done. And to guess when they feel the next time someone's going to purchase from your website. And, you know, I said, I'll try it. You know, what's the hurt in it? And let me tell you, it is increasing the LTV of our customer or the lifetime value of our customer tremendously. Hmm. They are coming back and they're buying from it. And it works. I, I had, you know, you got to try these uh, new things and their predictive analytics works great. So, yeah, they increasingly they're adding uh, machine learning, data science. Mm -hmm these flows and what you're talking about is in the past uh well what it does now is it literally will tell you like here's the lifetime value of a customer here's the predicted value of this customer based on everything we know and here's the date we think they're going to buy next based on their past behavior and the behavior of your other customers right yeah exactly and you know, we're seeing such tremendous lift and it's, you know, since it's a flow, you don't even have to think about it just automatically happening. That's so cool. Yeah. I love flows. Like truthfully, like flows are, are amazing and they're basically free money because you set it, you don't worry about it and it engages customers. They're great for customer service, but really like, I think the campaigns are where a majority of the revenue is still made. Uh, it, as an advanced marketer, give me some of your, your thoughts, best practices, or like a successful campaign you've run what's like your go-to thing kurt i'm actually going to probably surprise you for one second so i would say in the companies that i'm working on we're probably driving anywhere about 35 to 40 percent of our revenue through email i would say almost 25 to 30 percent of it is done through flows whoa whoa <laughs> what am i doing wrong that's so, wild from i'm telling you from the abandoned cart Browse abandonment, um, the sunset engaged subscriber series, which you know, as, as weird of uh, a flow that should not work well, works well for us. And believe it or not, once you set up this abandoned, uh, this exit intent abandoned cart flow, that's where you're going to see the real driver in revenue for your flows. You know, this 25% off or 20% off or free shipping that you could offer based upon their abandoned cart is what's really driving the revenue behind uh, behind it. All right. So the you touched on the sunset on mm -hmm. the sunset unengaged subscribers. I love this flow in my own. I do this. Uh, I sunset the unengaged people in my own email series and my open rates are 40 to 45 percent as a result. But that's a bit of that is a numbers game, of course. Merchants are really scared of the sunset, sunsetting their, their subscribers. Walk me through it, because clearly it's working for you. So 
after you know this is based upon a non-purchaser uh people that have previously purchased i treat a little uh differently but people that are just signing up and not engaging with your emails after six months uh for me i'm just pushing i'm pushing them out the door and what i'm seeing is by you know just using basic subject lines and clavio even gives you a lot of it if you want to use theirs right we miss you offering them you know a little incentive to come back and we're seeing as you said, anywhere from 35 to 50% open rates. And we're getting a lot of people to re-engage and buy on this Sunset uh, Flow and Series. It's just an amazing tool. Now, people that have previously purchased, I treat with a lot more care. Um, I may give them up to 18 months before I really fully kick them off, but I just don't email them that much in campaigns. I try to do it based upon either new arrivals or a sale and try to use them that way. Another, and for people who don't know, like. Uh, explain what a, a sunset sequence is, what the intent is there. Because I, I, sunset's a nice phrase. I used to call it buy or get off my list. I've since shortened that to buy or die, a, a phrase I learned from Drew Sanaki. Tell me about, for people who don't know, define it. What is a, a sunset flow? So uh, sunset flow are people that have not either opened or clicked an email within a certain time frame or based upon a certain amount of emails that you have uh, sent the customer. So I personally base it upon a 180 days. If they haven't uh, opened or clicked an email in the last 180 days, you know, uh, just for healthy list cleaning management, which is a war story we'll get into later uh, about why I treat it so carefully. It's they're not engaged and generally sending them some subject lines of either we miss you a deal too good to pass up um, and we hate saying goodbye are you know some of the subject lines that we're using are seeing anywhere from 35 to 50 percent open rates obviously depending on the email the, our best one is a deal too, too good to pass up is the best subject line that we're using and people are just opening and buying off of it. Whoa! So you're you're given away the magic the best subject line typically is literally what is it it's the best deal we offer a deal too good to pass up sorry a deal too good i'm putting that in the notes right now <laughs> all right uh quick follow-up there do you send those in html or plain text uh plain text one of the things i heard over and over at the clavio conference uh a little bit ago was hey we're using I'd say uh, HTML or plain text. And so many people said plain text, plain text, plain text was really amazing um, because I feel like it's a thing merchants often push back on. This is even like a discussion I've had with my wife where I'm like, send plain text. And she's like, well, I like the HTML. Make the case for plain text. Um, I really don't have the greatest argument because I still even even today is still a big HTML uh, person and in a lot of the emails because a lot of the stuff that we do send is visual it's just an important thing that you do need to add into your emails from time to time as much as people dislike it um, it just indexes in my opinion no proof behind it that it indexes better in uh, Gmail and into Google's quote-unquote algorithm and allows it to inbox better sometimes even hitting their actual inbox and not actually hitting the uh, promotions tab okay and uh if you use that default sunset flow in clavio i know it goes it uses uh exclusively plain text the theme i heard at clavio was like use it for high touch stuff mm -hmm. uh sensitive stuff like the sun setting uh and customer service stuff seem to be so that way like when you see plain text they're 
especially when you do a mix of HTML and plain text, it makes the plain text will get a higher reply rate. It makes it feel like it's from a real person. Exactly. Uh, and you you touched it. You said, "Oh, well, we'll talk about my my list cleaning experience later and the importance of it." I think that's where I want to go. I want to hear. And you told me you mentioned it in the pre interview. I want to hear this crazy giant list intervention situation you had that involved the craziest, like most extreme list cleaning ever. List hygiene, we'll say. So uh, a few years back, uh, I was working for a company and um, we purchased Jack Threads after it had gone through, I guess it's three previous uh, owners, although it never closed down. Uh, so Jack Threads closed down, we purchased it. And, you know, one of the selling points was that it had a 16 million person email list. They were like, wow, this is amazing. We never had an email list this big and let's go for it. So Jack Threads previously came from a life of emailing every single day a sale of some kind, uh, whether it's their t-shirts, jeans, whatever it was, you know, it was an email every day. So what did we do? We picked back up the, the bull a couple of months later when the site was ready to go and we were emailing every single day. And after about three months, Google had enough of us and all of a sudden we started looking at our open rates and they were at 1%. Two percent. We're like, what? we're like, what is going on here? And you know, through the help of working with the the team at Clavio, we uh, came to the realization that we had fallen into the black box of Google, where every single email that we were sending to Gmail was going directly to spam. And what we had to do, you know, working hand in hand with the team at Clavio, we really had to go to a seven day opener, seven day click on an email they had to perform both actions and we had to rebuild the list from there so we went from 16 million to about 60,000 uh email subscribers and then from there we had to regrow the list step by step so we went from seven day open and click to 14 day open and click to 21 day to 30 day and it took a lot of time to rebuild the list but strangely enough you know by doing the list cleaning obviously in inboxing we were able to grow revenue in our email by not sending every single day being able to inbox, keeping the list very healthy and very clean, uh, we saw better results by doing it that way as opposed to just blasting everybody on the email list with emails. Based on that experience, what do you think are some of the, the key points, you know, maybe like two, three, for ensuring I land in the inbox? Uh, making sure that you're sending to engage subscribers, making sure that the email that you're sending actually makes sense, right? You don't want to send emails to people that have just purchased, you know, maybe in the last two weeks or 30 days, depending on the product that you're selling online, right? You want to make sure you're doing it the right way and building, you know, your emails list and cleaning it the right way. You know, you just don't want to just send it to every single person at every single moment, every time you had an idea and you had like, oh, I'll just send this out as an email. Obviously, making sure that you are doing some emails in plain text. And the biggest thing is storytelling in the email. Not every email that you send needs to sell a product. You need to sell your brand in the email. So five reasons. You know, one of the lines I work on is a swimsuit line. So, hey, we have a, a suit for every fit. Great. Let's explain our sizing and our fit guide and all these other wonderful things about why our brand is so great. 
and then you know you just sell without selling the i love that line sell without selling and again like that is a common theme among people who are really successful with email marketing uh and i think that's why the really successful email marketers have such a focus on the welcome series because that's your time to really introduce people to the brand and build that relationship. And that's what it is. It is a, a customer relationship between two people is how you should look at it. Hold up. We'll hear more after this quick break. Support for this podcast comes from Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your Shopify store. It works with your existing email and chat tools, so setup is quick and easy. Simpler provides on-demand, U.S.-based customer service specialists to answer your customers' most common questions. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat with 24-7 Simpler specialists. Find out more at simpler.ai. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I. And now, back to the show. Hit me. Re- basic question, how often should I be sending emails? We send emails anywhere from three to four times a week um obviously depending on time of year and the seasonality of the product sometimes but we're sending any emails anywhere from three to four times a week okay and is that how do i know when i'm sending too many emails i would say if you're not seeing good open rates and i would say if your open rates start hovering closer to 20%, you may want to quickly start looking at what you're sending, who you're sending it to, and how often you're sending sending your emails and what you're putting in those emails. You know, uh, I would look for anywhere from around 30% open rates. I'd say you're sending good emails. Uh, that That's how I look at it. I got to say, we've been talking for 20 minutes. The first 20 minutes of this episode may possibly be the most value-packed episode of this show ever. There's just so much wisdom and uh, hard-won experience that you have shared with people. I mean, you, you yeah. will. It is, it's possible that you will dramatically change a few people's businesses just with this episode. Truly. You know, with... What's funny, Kurt, is you know I'm becoming more and more friendly with people uh, that are in the industry, obviously through your Facebook group and there's other groups and Twitter and things of that nature, and nobody cares about email marketing. They'll spend so much money in Facebook and they're retargeting and they're remarketing, but they have this wonderful tool that they don't want to use and they don't want to build out. And it, it baffles my mind. Yeah, it, well, <laughs> I think it's shiny toy syndrome. Email's been around forever you know, everybody mm-hmm. gets, the average person gets like 150 emails a day. It's not fun or sexy, but it is practical, it is tactical, and I can tell you, if we went and looked through, uh, did revenue attribution for my top 10 clients, I guarantee 100% of them, number one channel would be email. I mean, it's just, okay. it to, to overlook or sleep on email, you're shooting yourself in the foot. A thousand percent, and I think people would be surprised if they just, Put, put probably maybe two to three days into getting all their flow set up and things of that nature. Uh, I think they would be so happy with how they see their Facebook results because, right, uh, they're going to see the attribution in there as well and they'll be wanting to grow their business. I think it would really help people grow their businesses successfully. Uh, and you mentioned in terms of apps and tools, you are clearly you're using Shopify Privy Clavio. Do you have any other favorites? Those are probably my three favorites. I, I use Nosto on a few sites, which I like for the product recommendations. So I'm seeing some 
success there but those are like my three core apps that i use and by the way you actually saved me so i actually owe you a thank you i installed rewind uh a couple months ago because of uh listening to you and i needed it and thankfully i had it <laughs> i do i'm all so i i don't know if this would surprise people but i'm fairly risk averse like i'm you know i'm mr safety uh really and so i love I love backups. I love having a safety net. And I think it's because at, at my core, I'm a bit of an anxious person and having those things uh, brings me some some peace of mind. And we've certainly had situations where a client goes, hey, I accidentally deleted this collection. And it's like, you know, something where it's like there were 20 filters and rules to power the thing. Or you know, we accidentally deleted a whole bunch of products because we screwed up our, our spreadsheet upload. So I've always, like, at this point, when people go, oh, what's the must-have? What are the must-have apps? I'm like, okay, there's really only one must-have, and it's rewind because it starts it free, and it's going to save you. <laughs> save you some headache down the road. It, if you never use it, fantastic. It means you never screwed up. But it, exactly. as soon as you have that moment, you're like, oh, thank God I installed that thing like three years ago or whatever it was. Uh, and Yeah, I, like all the it's totally genuine. They're not sponsoring this episode. I mean, it's, it has saved me several times. So I'm just I'm grateful for it. I, I can uh, attest to that. Yeah. Uh, OK. I You've dropped a ton of value there. Uh, any other bits of wisdom uh, tactic, strategy, anything else you want to share, set the record straight on, whatever it is, before we jump into this hoverboard story. The the last thing is uh, just another tactic as you're using these privy um, pop-ups, uh, whether it's Welcome Flow or it's the Abandoned Cart series, if your audience size is uh, big enough, you can obviously, as they're not purchasing, sync your Clavio audience back into Facebook and retarget them with the right messaging, uh, you know, saying, hey, just so you know, um, your uh, your coupon's about to expire, and uh, you know you can use it in remarketing your Facebook and just targeting them with the right messaging based upon what discount they could have, not have, and push them that way. So to to uh, break it down for people who haven't played with this feature, because this is another one of those like really overlooked Clavio features. I feel mm -hmm. is you could uh, set up you know, listed segments in Clavio. And you can then sync those to Facebook as custom audiences. And then it'll, it's not like a one-time thing. It'll update automatically over time. So you could create a segment for you know, people who are in my card abandonment flow. And then I could sync that as a custom audience to Facebook called card abandoners. And then that way, the offers that I'm giving in my email are going to match up to the offers they're seeing on Facebook. And then, of course, you know, remarketing on Facebook is significantly cheaper than dealing with cold traffic. Um, and you want to increasing the total number of touch points will always, always have a, a positive effect on conversions. So if you're not doing this, it's such an easy win and they make it so easy to set up. They do. And I believe the audiences are actually updating every day. Yeah. Which makes it that much better. Yeah, I know. I, I wasn't sure how often it updates, but it, does, it updates automatically. Daily sounds good to me. Uh, okay. Tell me, tell me about the time you sold a whole bunch of hoverboards. So back in 2015, came we were working in a uh, apparel company, and someone came to the owner of the company and said, and at this time, by the way, I was a controller, so I was the uh, accountant of the company, and someone came to him and said, hey, I got this really hot product, and we were starting to hear about it, and we said, hmm, we should look into doing this. So what 
we started looking around and we realized that we could do it. We had a really good competitive advantage where we were probably, I think we were only one of two companies that could air the hoverboard in from China two day air to your door. Quite the competitive advantage. Quite the competitive advantage. So we're not worrying about putting it on a boat, taking speculation up front. So we started testing this in October. I think we launched October 5th or October 7th of 2015 because you remember these things when you go through such great wars. And we slowly started seeing sales increase. And at this time, the only thing we were running was Google AdWords. We didn't know anything about Facebook or anything to that extent. We didn't understand email the way we did do today. So we had one ad in Google AdWords that at the time was just winning the day, day after day. And as we were growing, we were like, what do we do? Do we buy more? Do we not buy more? And, you know, we sat in a round table with a you know, few people and we said, we got we to gotta go for it. And we started growing, and on Black Friday, we dropped the price from three ninety nine to three sixty eight. Don't ask me how we came up with three sixty eight, but that was the price that we used. And on Black Friday, we did one point one million, and we said, "Wow, this is this is a lot of fun. This is great. How do we continue?" On Cyber Monday, we ended up doing $5.5 million in hoverboards. And I believe at the time, it was the largest store day ever in Shopify history. That's crazy. Crazy. All based upon having one ad working inside of Google AdWords. And we ended up being SEO one, which obviously helps as well. And the business just continued to take off until December 11th when the government said no more. Uh, nobody can sell hoverboards anymore. We're not allowing it. And they shut down the whole business on us on December 11th. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you and that was kind of like they were exploding in like airplane luggage, right? They were exploding in people's houses, house fires. People were falling and getting hurt, right? Breaking wrists. Um, I think I almost broke my wrist going on a hoverboard my first time. So, you know, it, they stopped the sales and uh, they stopped our business. Oh, jeez. So, oh, well, that must have hurt where it's like you're, you've got this tiger by the tail. You've had this trem- really overnight success with it. Uh, you, mm-hmm. And if it's all based off a single ad, you're really only you've, – you've only scratched the surface. And, of course, like it's, it's – uh, it's a flash in the pan thing. It's a trendy thing. Oh, flash in the pan mm. was the wrong phrase for a, a thing that exploded. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> unintentional. I apologize. And from there, it, like, what was that light? Were you crestfallen or did you just say, okay, we saw the potential. We got to go on it. We got to move to the next thing. We got to fight this. What happened? So we saw the great opportunity that e-commerce was it was like our first real foray into e-com and we said okay we now need to see what else we could do so we started uh, looking through the market and we started seeing these kids wearing led light up sneakers and we're like all right let's give it a try what do we have to lose and next thing you know I think in the first month, I think we did almost a million dollars in the first month of selling LED light-up sneakers. And that was our next foray into e-com selling uh, light-up sneakers on a company called Hoverkicks. And I think we turned into one of the biggest LED light-up sneaker people in the in the country, maybe the world. So, I mean, to have, like, I've had a few viral websites, but, you know, I had to 
for every one viral success we had, uh, there were at least a dozen just complete flops. You managed to capture lightning in a bottle twice in a row. In a row. What's the secret there? Uh, The secret there was following Google Trends to see what's hot, what people are looking for. Um, Clever. Right? And then, you know, um, based upon our relationship with with China, right, you start getting an idea of just talking to people, what's working, what's selling, what people are starting to make a lot of. And that's how we started capturing lightning in a bottle. But we also failed... Uh, a few times as well, where we thought we could just do anything after catching lightning in a bottle twice. Doesn't always work that way, but our wins have definitely uh, succeeded our losses. What do you think is the the biggest disappointment? Not necessarily like the biggest loser, but the one where you thought you just were so convinced it would be bigger than it was. So we started a, a company called Rye Genesis, and it was electric skateboards, electric bikes, electric scooters and uh new hoverboards that had the proper certification and we were really starting to grow that business but unfortunately we just could not work out the kinks in our um the electric skateboard and we were very early on the on the scooter because now uh within the last year the electric scooter turned into such a big proponent uh proponent everywhere uh we if we just would have gotten it right we would probably have a huge, tremendous business, and I th- almost think that we would have uh, caught up and beat uh, Boosted. Hmm. Yeah, because like when I think electric skateboard, my mind goes immediately to Boosted board, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I I can't I could barely ride my kids' long board, and yet I would still you know if they weren't so like if they weren't four figures, I would totally risk it and try and figure out a Boosted board. It looks like. Such tremendously dangerous fun. <laughs> so we figured out how to do the boosted board for uh, under $1,000 a month. Whoa. Um, yeah, but we figured it out until we figured we couldn't work out the kinks and having a 40% return rate doesn't work out well in electronics. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, that business was just doomed for failure, yeah. You've pulled back the curtain and given us these amazing tips and tricks for mastering email marketing. You've told us your favorite apps. You've given us uh, these tremendous war stories of your, your wins and successes and, and even a, an, a big L with the electric skateboards. Um, what else? Is there anything I'm missing? Oh, geez. Um, I think this is the biggest thing is that marketers need to do is just storytell more. I think that's the biggest thing that brands can do is just tell more stories and I think they'll be surprised. It doesn't happen overnight, but it will grow their business significantly the more they storytell than sell. And yeah, I 100% agree with that. What are some of the the resources you would recommend? Like it's easy to say, "Hey, you got to tell more stories." But until you have that experience with it, until you get an I some ideas behind it like this, it's hero's journey, that kind of stuff. How uh, what would you recommend? Where where should people start, or where do you go to stay on top of this stuff? So we're we're you know we're telling story behind the the brand, uh, the design, the person designing the brand. You know where he came from, his journey through either ten, fifteen, twenty years, depending on the designer. Um, telling why it's so important, the love, the care that they put into it. People love this stuff. People buy 
they buy into the story of the brand, which is why they buy it. You know, there's so many competitors and there's so many people doing it. They need to feel attached to it. So anything that you could do to tell it, showing right real uh, users in the uh, user generated content. You know, uh, my biggest win in Facebook. You know where we are. Sometimes we spend ten, fifteen thousand dollars on photo shoots, and my biggest win is a real person in the bathing suit. That's what sells. Hmm. Uh, if you had to go, well, how long have you been doing this? Like you had that big success. You said in 2015 you were a CPA. So you've only been in digital marketing for a few years. That's it. That's cr- how did you get up to speed? Uh, a lot of on my own. You know, I would take a bus in and out of the city. So, you know, sit there reading articles, YouTube. Um, really have never paid for a course ever. It was just all about just diving in, trying to understand what everything in Google Analytics meant, these roadmaps, attribution. And I still learn to this day. I'm not perfect. I'm not the best. I just outwork everybody. That's my key to success. Just put in the work and you will succeed. And just be willing to try and lose and continue to move on. I I love your your mindset and your approach. Like clearly you've got abundance mentality where you're you know, a lot of people will be like, you can't share the secrets. It's going to help our competitors. Who cares, right? You And you're, you're saying, hey, I don't have to be the best, but I just have to work hard. I got to put in the work and outlast everybody. And that's it. Like, there, it it's true. It's true. And believe it or not, if you ask people for help or you don't understand something, so many people are out there willing to help you. Not everybody. Um, there are some people that do have that mentality where like, Shh, can't let out this secret. There are no secrets, Right. If you want to find the answer, it's out there. You know, you just have to put in the in the work to find it. And maybe fifty people say no. Maybe you'll find that one person that will say yes and uh, can help you with things. A, as they teach at journalism school, if you don't ask, you don't get. That's a hundred percent accurate. Uh, if let if you, let's say you had to go back to twenty fifteen and you can give yourself a single piece of advice, the time vortex opens. You have maybe fifteen seconds to give yourself some advice. What's the one thing you tell yourself? Email marketing on the hoverboard. We would have tripled the business. <laughs> so it's really like the theme here is even though we know email marketing is successful, people are just, and you think you're doing it, invest more in it. Invest more time, energy, and effort into it. It will grow your overall business. It's not an, it's not an accident. Fantastic. Uh, Josh, where could people go to learn more about you? Um, they could find me on Twitter at jbehr919. They can find me on Instagram at the same handle. Um, I'm in your Facebook group, and as people have questions, more than happy to help uh, where I can. I'm a free resource for people to use. Cool. So yeah, when this uh, when this post is live in our Facebook group, uh, unofficial Shopify podcast insiders on Facebook, uh, just comment on it. And we'll make sure Josh is tagged. So if you've got questions, comments, or just want to say, hey, thank you for sharing, please do. I know uh, we'd both appreciate it, and, and Josh will be there to answer your questions. Josh, this has been tremendous. Thank you so much. Thank you. Big news from our friends at Out of the Sandbox this month. Their newest theme just launched. It's called Flux. And it's for those of us who loved all the bells and whistles and turbo, but thought, I need more of this. That's where Flex is a game changer for you. It can be configured in an endless number of ways thanks to more layout and section options than ever, more granular control of settings, and easy addition of custom CSS through the theme editor. It's perfect for development agencies like ourselves 
as well as e-commerce entrepreneurs like you looking to create a unique online store experience for your customers. Now, here's the coolest part. Flex has a new demo shop import feature that allows you to fast track your shop setup based on any of 12 demo shops. You get all of the theme settings, layouts, content, and sections used in that demo shop of your choice applied automatically to your store. You can check Flex out right now at outofthesandbox.com. And if you like it, take 20% off the purchase price when you use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's outofthesandbox.com and code PODCAST20. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.